Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello. So, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking to Nabil, and Nabil owns Lane 7 Apparel. Lane 7 Apparel is this fleece company that we've been using for about three years now. And it's really been growing. So I wanted to learn more about what he did to get here because it really is just coming out of the mind of Nabil. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in taking the screen printing class, we have a few spots open for December. And you can check that out at screenprinting.com. Just go to the Learn tab and you'll be able to find the classes there. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the episode. All right. So I am here with Nabil from Lane 7. Uh, Nabil, first thing is, how in the world did you get into creating all of your fleece products? How did Lane 7 start? Well, uh, very, very long story. I was, I was sort of pushed into the business when I was 16 years old. Uh, I was doing things that teenagers do. So my dad said, you know, you, you, you go to school, you come back, and if you want, you can work here. Um, I started for a couple of months, and then things just got really, really interesting. And... Um, at one point, I just wanted to learn it all. So, you know, we, we, we've had that sourcing business in Pakistan for a very long time. Um, so, so I, my father sort of pushed my career into different departments doing everything. Um, so I can proudly say at this point that the only, the only phase of production that I haven't done or looked at myself is that I haven't picked cotton myself. Everything else I've done from spinning to knitting to dyeing, um, I've actually sat on a production floor, I've actually sat on a sewing machine, and I've actually sewn clothes myself. Um, I started working in a sourcing agency, um, and I worked in a lab over there, and then... Over there in Pakistan? Over there in Pakistan. And then from there, I joined I joined a manufacturing company, um, where I had to spend about four or five months in a spinning, um, their spinning department, their knitting department, then their dyeing department. Then eventually, I did not have to be actually on the sewing floor, but that was something that, that really interested me to see how it works. And, and that's when I requested them, you know, that I actually want to sit on the sewing floor and, you know, sew clothes myself. I did that for about a week. Um, and then I was the floor manager over there. Um, I, How old were you at that time when you were the floor manager? I was about 19 years old. Oh, yeah, you were young. I was. Yeah. I was. It's, it's just that um, I was still studying. Um, I was trying to do it part-time. But it was just so interesting how, how you know, you pick cotton, it turns into thread, you know, when you go through spinning, um, how you... How you knit it, and you know, then dyeing is is one of the most interesting departments. Is dyeing, you know, you dye something with the same chemicals, with the same formula, with the same um, chemistry to it in the morning, and you dye some the same. You use everything the same at night, and the shade would not be hundred percent the same. So <laughs> yeah, so that 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 got really um, that got me really interested in in the whole production process. The science of production. Yeah. So how did that evolve into you starting Lane 7 then? So my very first venture was a denim line. Um, my second venture was 
um, an, an Asian or Eastern ladies line, which was only, um, it was it was centered around um, the cultural um, clothes in Pakistan or India. Um, after that, I, I wanted to start a retail brand, uh, which is when Lane 7 originally came about. Uh, so you were going to go direct to retail with it? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. I was. It was a huge mistake. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, that's how you start. Yeah, that's you how gotta, you start. You I mean, got to eat it for a little bit to learn. Yeah, I mean, um, quite frankly, in my very first venture at Lane 7, I lost all my savings. I practically lost every single time because, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to run a retail brand in the U.S. sitting in Pakistan. And that didn't work out too well. Yeah. Well, um, the communication must be horrible trying to do it yeah, by email yeah. and phone. And well, at that time, there wasn't Amazon or eBay or Etsy. There wasn't fulfillment. There wasn't DTG. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. Um, and this is about easily almost 10 years ago. And I, I, I sat there thinking, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? Because I eventually, um, we, I just went back to the whole sourcing company, and um, the the name Lane Seven is is quite interesting too. There's no there's no characteristic or logic to it. It's just I couldn't come up with the name. And my <laughs> house in Pakistan is on Lane Seven. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it is. So is the address. Yeah, it's, it's the address, and I I just couldn't come up with something. And as I was driving back home, I was like, Lane 7, you know, let's just very, do that. very meaningful. That's nice. So um, then I, 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 I got off the whole industry for about a year mm -hmm. when I was doing my postgraduate degree. Then I went back to work and um, our, our company, the sourcing company, had always been based on the East Coast. And when I had the opportunity, I moved to the West Coast to start those operations over there. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, you know, I had eventually become the VP of sales and marketing and operations for, for, for my company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our new project was to do on the West Coast what we've done on the East Coast. When I did come here, we started manufacturing for a couple of wholesale brands, some retail brands, and, um, during that time, I realized that we are on the West Coast and there's just so many, um, so many people who want to start their own brand. Yeah. That's when I realized that there's this whole blanks um, industry, there's mm -hmm. screen printing, embroidery. And um, in, my, in my research or, or just going through all the different brands that all the different wholesale clothing lines that are already here, I just couldn't understand or I just couldn't find something that I thought was retail worthy. And when I when I say that it's it's primarily focused on fleece. The fleece so you felt like fleece was the huge hole in the market. People just it, weren't doing it quite right. Yes. Yes. It's it's I, I found that see everybody's trying to make T shirt better. Yeah. And and then they're, they're good companies like Bella, they're, they're producing amazing t-shirts. And I, I felt that a major chunk of whatever goes on in the wholesale industry is t-shirts. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to focus on t-shirts. And it just felt like the whole fleece category has been, has been um, ignored. And 
I kept looking. I kept looking at distributors. I kept looking at different, you know, wholesale companies, and the fees was just passable. It's everybody was satisfied with it, but they were probably satisfied with it because they did not see anything better. So, with all your experience, what was the difference in the process that you thought actually made your product stand apart when you moved into it? Well, when it comes to, and I'm just talking about fleece here. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to fleece, there's there's obviously one big company, and then there's a whole lot of importers or wholesalers who are on a lower level, and they weren't they weren't doing anything to improve the process. They don't they did not have tech packs for their styles. They would just import, put it in a storage, and resell it, and then just call it a day. So their quality control was almost non-existent. There was there was nothing. They would I I I know companies who import. They don't have their own office over there. They don't have their own presence over there. And when I say over there, it means wherever they are producing there. Which is normally where? Where is it normally produced? Like Guatemala yes. or Honduras? Well, when it comes to fleece, uh, I believe the major producer is Pakistan. Oh, okay. And then China. Um, a little bit of Bangladesh. Um, everybody flocks to Pakistan for the reason that their cotton is good and um, the best dollar value on fleece is from Pakistan. So even when I was a part of a sourcing agency, um, a sourcing company, uh, you know, our 90% of our production was fleece. So then this is again something we joke about, you know, that we, we say, you know, fleece is our baby. Fleece is where we know. Yeah. We can, you know, that's our promise. Um, so for the end customer who buys a Lane 7 hoodie, what do you feel like is the difference between that and like saving some money and getting a Gildan? What are the things they're going to see? Um, so let me start with this. We, we've been around for four years. For the first, the very first time we brought fleece in, we brought in a 70-30 CVC, 70% cotton and 30% polyester, which is way more premium than any 80-20 in the market right now. But we lost, we had to close it out. We lost money on it because the market just wasn't ready. They thought if it's not 80-20, then it's something inferior. Oh, so they actually thought that your blend was cheaper. They just didn't understand the situation. Well, they didn't didn't want to buy it for cheaper either because see, at that point, we were just based out of, um, you know, downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, you were still at Main Street. Yeah, we just had a store. That, That was our... That was our selling point. And the people who come there are other wholesalers who wanted to buy from us or and resell it or printers who wanted to buy from us. And they just did not understand the concept that 70-30 is better. So why is it better? Is it the, the hand? Is it softer? Hand, because it has more polyester. So it's just like a smoother sweatshirt. Yes. Yeah, actually it's 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 more it's more Softer inside. Oh, the inside of the fleece. The inside is more soft. Okay. Um, and the shrinkage is just a little bit better because, as opposed to twenty percent polyester, this has thirty percent polyester. Um, and then we ventured into the regular eighty twenty. And you know, even though I wanted to be different, even though I wanted to make it better, but from that very first experience, I learned that let's just do the basic hoodie, and let's just do the basic fleece and see where we end up or sort of penetrate into the market and you know have have customers see how we are 
even with a basic hoodie, even with a basic two and eighty twenty fleece, mm-hmm. we are better. So so now so then came our regular fleece hoodie, um, and even though we have crew necks and zippers, hoodies is hoodies are what sells the most. Um, at that point, um, we sold two and for for two years, and every single even uh, I mean for two years we had. We had some um, people come back on our T-shirts. You know, they didn't like the quality or this. You know, any number of reasons. But it's so amusing that for two years we did not have a single complaint. And um, one of the policies, one of the policies that we have at Lean Seven is we're never going to um, we're never going to lie about a product. We're never going to say that it would perform a particular way when it when we know it won't. When we were starting in the market, everybody came in asking, "Hey, so do your T-shirts shrink?" And our and our answer was, "Yes, everything shrinks." Yeah. It was, and it took a while for people to understand that no matter who you buy from, which T-shirt company you buy from, it will shrink. Yeah. The only way. That a T-shirt won't shrink more than three percent is when it is panel washed, and that sort of just throws the whole price point away. It becomes it goes from a wholesale price point to a retail price point, and the same thing was true for fleece. Um, everyone that we sold fleece to, we told them that it shrinks seven by eight percent, which is standard, mm-hmm. and they understood that. Um, And even with our two-end fleece, based on my experience um, from our sourcing company, we were able to implement all quality assurance processes, um, all standard operating standard operating procedures right from the onset of when we started the company. So, day one when we started the company, we had tech techs. We knew what um, how many stitches per inch we need. We knew what the stream strength should be. We knew what the flammability should be, and we just implemented all of that into every single one of our products. Um, did we make mistakes? Yes. Did we did we screw up on a lot of our styles? Yes, we we absolutely did. Um, 2014 was horrible for us. 2015 was when we did our first ISS show, and. From then, it has only been upwards. Uh, you mentioned two end. Could you explain the difference between two end and three end fleece? There's a huge difference between two end and three end. You know, let me let me just start with saying this: that at this point, we are probably one of the only two or three companies in the U.S. or in the wholesale market who are actually doing three end. What exactly does it mean physically when you do the production? What is the difference? So. So, on fleece, there are two la- there are two layers. There's a front and the back. Um, on a two-end fleece, there's there's bis- there's two layers. There's one thread on the, at the top, and there's one thread on the bottom. And even with our two-end, and it's not just us. A lot of different, a lot of other companies do the same. We make it such that the front end is 100% cotton, which makes it more desirable for DTG. Which is you know all the hype right now. Yeah, your your hoodie is DTG really good, and that's just the two end. Yeah, with three end, 
we use three threads. There's the top one, there's a bottom one, and then in the middle, we use another thread. And it's called a sandwich hoodie, it's called a tight knit hoodie, even though, you know, people use marketing gimmicks and they call their two end hoodie a tight knit hoodie. Mm -hmm. But it's not really a tight knit hoodie. A tight knit hoodie, a tight knit fleece is basically three end. So when you switched to three end, did it change your pricing a lot or is the product pretty much the same price? Um, it's pretty much the same price. That's another one of the awesome things that we have done with our product line is that we did not, we did not change the price too much. Yes, it did go up by a couple of dimes, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but the quality is worth it. It's pretty the noticeable difference. Is so much more worth it. Um, other companies in the US who are doing 3N, they are achieving it in a particular way. We have done, we introduced 3N fleece um, in March 2017, and our R&D was about a little over 15 months. Oh, wow. Just, just to, for one new fleece. Just for that one particular thing. And that's what we do here. That's Since we started in 2014, we have only um, ventured to see how we can make a product better. Um, which is why we started with our Ringspun t-shirts. And then we immediately jumped onto, jumped onto all combed t-shirts. And um, fleece, when we started this March, we knew that not only was our three end different from everybody else, because we use our own mixture of threads. The three threads that we use mm -hmm. are different from what others use. And then we put some kind of finishing to it, which makes it even plushier on the top. And the whole fleece has a lofty feel to it. And the best thing about a three end hoodie, a three end fleece, is that it shrinks guaranteed under 5%. Oh, wow. And is that because there's just so much thread that it can't really shrink? It's because of the weave's just very tight. presence of polyester. Okay. Um, Will it still DTG nicely with the extra polyester? It would DTG better than the 2N. Oh, because wow. Because now there's, 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 a layer, there's a third layer between the top and the bottom. So the ink fall-through is not as much. It still stays at the top. And the colors are more crispier. Um, whether you do um, a water-based print, glossy sole print, um, a DTG, it just prints better. Wow. And um, like I said, with a regular three-end fleece, the shrinkage would still hover between six and seven percent. With a two-end fleece, the shrinkage hovers between eight and nine or ten percent. Our three-end fleece has a guaranteed shrinkage under five percent. I mean, basically, you know, on paper, when we when we did, we did extensive testing on it, and every single time it did not go above three percent, but we guarantee five percent. Wow. So, what are you seeing? For, I mean, you're doing so many wholesale orders for companies. What are the cool usages people are doing with their fleece? Um, we've seen a lot of merchandising companies. Um, just immediately jump onto our 3N. Um, it's, it's, I believe a lot, I, I believe 50 or 60% of the usage is DTG. Um, oh, so you're like the DTG hoodie. We are the DTG hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> um, we know that this year, at least 
to go online. Um, online giants have have changed their suppliers from other companies to Lane Seven. Can you the, name them yet? Was, Are sorry? they secrets? It is a secret. Okay. <laughs> it is a secret. Um, you know, consumers should start finding out. Yeah. Early February. Oh, that's going to be great. Day. Yeah. And um, with that said, of course, we have we have jumped onto a lot of fulfillment centers, um, and not only that. This has led us into newer markets. Um, starting February, we will be um, distributing our three hoodies in the UK and in uh, in the EU. We are working on starting distribution in Australia um, for the same three and fees. That's mm -hmm. that's just a starting point for us. Yeah. Um, so you want to be global with Lane Seven? Yes, it was it was a distant plan, but. With the way our customers have picked up on 3N this year, um, it's not so distant. Some customers have wanted us to start distributing there as part of us coming on board, so we had to do it. Yeah, and it's it's sort of like a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, we we wanted to do it maybe three years from now, but we've we've been pushed into doing it right now, which is great. What's going on with your new building? Um, you moved in there what like two years ago. Are you Already um, getting too big for it. We, it's 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 funny. Um, the two years ago when I was signing the lease, um, I couldn't sleep for two nights. How many square feet was it? It was fifteen thousand square feet. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is not much at all. Yeah, that's like three shared agencies, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but but two years ago we were a relatively smaller company, and for us it was a huge undertaking, and I practically lost sleep for two nights. I just couldn't sleep. I just thought that how how in the world would we justify having a big space? And and right now, right now we are we are bulging out of that warehouse and not only are we bulging out of that, that warehouse, we have we are we're currently using a fulfillment center just to house our products until we find a bigger space. So you're so big you already had someone else's warehouse start helping you. We are using about about close to twenty eight thousand square feet outside. So your new place is going to be seventy thousand or something square feet. Well, um, we are we are we are trying to be in the in the ballpark of forty thousand, uh -huh. and then one of our goals for next year is having some distribution on the east coast, um, and sort of be able to service customers nationwide from both ends and cut down on shipping times. So getting off of fleece for a second, but since it is winter, mm -hmm. uh, you guys have like a crazy new heavyweight long sleeve, right? Yes, so yes. That too is, is essentially crazy in that we've, we've, seen, um, we've seen our customers and the whole, we've, you know, when you, for example, when you go on Instagram, you, you just, you know, go through all the different brands and all the different, you know, the streetwear and the whole, uh, where the whole industry is shifting to. And yeah. you sort of see long sleeve become a, becoming a year round thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it seems extra trendy. We've been doing a ton of prints down the arms and yeah, that's, that's one of the things that it's we, really that trendy right now. Is doing. It's, yeah. that's, that's one of the trends, not only on the long sleeve. So even, even on our fleece, we see, we see that trend um, coming in. Yeah, for sure. And, when we wanted to do three end, we uh, sorry the long sleeves, uh, we had the option of doing a lightweight or a heavyweight, 
and I sort of felt that a long sleeve just um, looks better, it falls better, um, it just feels better with a, you know with a heavyweight fabric. And so we we started doing our R and D on it, and we saw that in the market there's obviously the 18 singles which is open end, and I often joke with everyone that I wouldn't wash my car with that fabric, <laughs> you know. So, um, and then there are other companies who are using 20 singles. And in our, in our, in our you know, we've, we've all, always ventured to be a little different just to go that one extra step to make it, you know, even if, if it's just a little more better, then why not? Mm -hmm. So we experimented and we came, um, we came down to a 24 singles um, fabric to use on the long sleeve. And how it's different is, so it's still heavyweight, it's 5.3 ounce, but it's a little bit finer than a 20 singles. So it feels premium, but it still has that heaviness. It has that, um, a little bit of um, roughness to it, as opposed to a 30 single comb, but it's not as rough as a 20 single. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be pretty durable, right? Because it it's, it's a heavier shirt, so it is. You could sell it to even just guys who need it for work if they had to. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we do have some companies who who, who are using our long sleeves now um, for their workwear. Um, you know, we know because you know our printers tell us you know they're they're, they're giving it out to their workers. So they just they just put their company logo mm -hmm. on the left, on the chest, and then you know you're good to go. Um, we've had some, some, some schools use it too recently, um, just with, I, I can't remember what team they were using it for, but they just had the team number and the name of the player at the back. Um, mostly, um, they're being used at retail stores right now. Um, both our three end and our 24 singles long sleeve is doing very, very well at retail. Yeah. So we have some clothing brands, some merchandising companies who are churning out a lot of brands and selling it to retail stores, and it's doing very, very well. Yeah. It's interesting how that market has sprung up because I feel like when I, even when I started, uh, people were either doing promo or they were doing retail, and promo was total crap, and then retail was potentially custom. So a lot of people were even doing cut and sew even 10 years ago for a retail brand. Mm -hmm. And it's evolved where the wholesale market has filled that need. The idea of doing cut and sew now is, unless you have something really bizarre, it, it, there's kind of no point. Because now there's co companies that are doing retail quality, and all you have to do is print on top of it. That's, that's, that's absolutely exactly what we feel. Um, see, being on the main street in downtown Los Angeles, we would get about anywhere between five to 10 um, young guys walk in who wanted to start their own brand. And most of, most of them would come in and say, hey, do you do any private label? Mm -hmm. And then we would talk to them. We would practically spend an hour talking to them, even if they wanted to buy two t-shirts. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, um, one of the things that people loved about us when we were in downtown was the fact that nobody would talk to them to see what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody would would sell them two pieces, but we were starting out. 
So, you know, for us, it was like, okay, if you want to buy two pieces, sure. Yeah. You never know. Some of these guys would can really, really hit. That's big. probably how we met was something stupid like that. Probably. Yeah. Probably, you know, and then and then they always remember when you help them, they always rem- remember you. Mm-hmm. And um, so these guys, they always wanted to do cut and sew, and we would tell them, hey, you know what, you're starting out. Cut and sew is not the way to go, mm-hmm. unless, of course, like you said, they have something really bizarre, like half a t-shirt and, and one they know how to sell it. You know, half of a t-shirt in one color and another half in another yeah. color. Yeah, there's so many people that have crazy ideas and have zero audience. So a big part of it is them even knowing how to sell it. Because we've done that here where some of our customers have had crazy art, crazy jobs, everything. And then they never call again, not because we messed up, but because they didn't know how to get rid of the shirts. Like they exactly. didn't. You, you don't want to be stuck with um, dead inventory. And, no, it's the worst. And it's always best to, to just try and use what's in the market. And with all of these brands right now, um, it's just such a huge... Up, you know, plethora, and I, there's so many options to, to go through. There's, there's our t-shirt, and then there's the next guy's t-shirt, and then there's the next guy t-shirt. Um, we had people walk in who wanted a black t-shirt um, custom made, and, <laughs> and you know, I would, yeah, one of one of one of these guys I remember, and I said, why do you want a black t-shirt when we have a black t-shirt? Oh well, I want the sleeve to be half an inch smaller. Right. And I said, you're wasting money. Yeah. It doesn't matter at this point. Start with a black t-shirt. See if it, you know, works for you. If you have the right kind of numbers, then you can make it, you know, a quarter of an inch smaller mm-hmm. if you want it that way. Um, so, so yes, it's it's always better for these for 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 newer guys to to not carry inventory and just use what's available in the market. Um, yeah, especially with print on demand. I mean, we have we have some customers right now that are doing like more than six figures in a drop, and they're yes. doing it with everything off the shelf. They're just printing art on it, and then their retail sales will break a hundred thousand, and they'll do it in two or three weeks. And it's just because of them being smart about cost, decent art, and then them having an audience. Having the audience is normally the reason they can move the big numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And. You know, um, this this is again one of the things that we learned being uh, on Main Street um, is that um, a lot of these people they walk in they want T-shirts for a dollar twenty-five cents. Like the only way you can get it is if you just go beyond the traffic light and you'll find a whole market that's selling IRR. Mm-hmm. But do you really want to start your brand using an an irregular, irregular T-shirt? Yeah. And you know. What kind of positioning are you giving to your customers? Um, I've seen a lot of that. People will actually pay us more to print, but they show up with irregulars because they they bought two hundred shirts and they paid two hundred dollars, and then we tell them like, "What? Why? Yeah, I mean, weird sleeves, sizes that don't make sense, weird necks. It's it's a weird decision to make. It's so you know, coming back to you know where we where we started, um, people have or newer brands should get off of the mentality that cheaper goods always mean that they can make more buck. Yeah. If, you know, because that's what they think, you know, if our cost is lower, we can make more buck. But you can't sell it for 20 anymore because people can tell that they don't want it. Absolutely. All of a sudden you have $5 t-shirts retail. And, and um, quite honestly, um, when we started, we had to do it 
we had a value t-shirt we had value fleece and i was i was not fond of it mm-hmm. i we made a, a lightweight fleece which was 7.1 ounce but for me quite personally anything below 8 and a quarter ounce is not worthy of being called fleece now do i do i know that there's fleece out there there's lightweight fleece out there that's absolutely amazing yes are we doing something that's lightweight next year yes so it's coming a new version is coming a new version is coming a but more premium yeah um we're we're introducing um a french terry because everybody uh, seems to be jumping on you know that. who you know who after that up uh it's american apparel they were like the french terry kings until their world blew up and french terry basically doesn't exist in the market right now it well it doesn't two or three different companies have started doing it mm-hmm. but here's the amazing thing now you have to understand that you know at lane 7 our culture is always um it's not always just <coughs> it's not always just creating the newest thing and neither are we trying to reinvent the wheel we're just trying to make everything better you want to fulfill the need yes and eventually you know in a broader sense i feel that if we have if if lane 7 has introduced 3n fleece in the market people will follow suit and then i hope in the next 2 years everybody does 3n not to say that you know hey you know i'm i'm inviting competition for ourselves but it's just it's just a better thing to do mm-hmm. why people always stuck to 2n fleece was because until recently the wholesale industry and the promotional industry were interchangeable everybody thought that wholesale means promo or cheap but wholesale does not necessarily need to mean cheap it 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 has to be retail quality which i know some companies are pushing the whole retail quality concept now yeah. which is which is amazing which is that's good. that's bella's game basically exactly. right now yeah and and i absolutely love what bella is doing with with their concept of creating retail quality and for us it's it's sort of like sort of like that's a good concept and that's what we are doing now um the only where 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 we are different or maybe where what our core philosophy is to to make it retail quality it has to be a better quality so every single product that we do is it goes through a very very vigorous um quality assurance protocol we work at aql 2.5 which is the acceptable quality level it goes from 1 to 5 five being the most lax one being the most um stringent we have our own sops we only work with ethically and socially responsible factories we do not cut corners we don't work with bigger factories and the reason for all of that uh-huh. is that for 17 years and i've been in this field for 17 years now and for 17 years all i've done is belong to a sourcing company where i was working with the highest and biggest brands in the us and the uk and i've learned from them um social compliance quality assurance and you know we've we've sort of implemented that whole philosophy into our brand and we have our own office in pakistan we have our own quality a 17 people strong quality assurance team and you go out there quite a bit still i do um well 
um, for a while there, I had not gone back for um, eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. But that was because we were building huge. We were building this this thing at Lean Seven. We yeah, were going here. for a lot of changes. This year, this year we completely eradicated all the lower end stuff. We completely got done with styles that were meant for the promo um, industry. No, well, not to say that we don't still cater to the promo industry. Well, they can have nice products. I mean, yeah. the, the promo industry can evolve. I mean, you you making a better product doesn't yeah. mean they can't buy it. <laughs> Basically, we're just not into that whole race to the bottom anymore. Yeah. We're not trying to create a product, a t-shirt that's cheaper than the guy next door. Yeah, that's and smart. The guy next door can have that business. Because we just don't feel right selling an inferior product. Which is why continuously for every single product, we have sought to make it better in some way or the other. Um, which, you know, which has been, which has been a part of our whole introduction of 3N. Please, um, we are changing our entire hoodie, our crewnecks, our zippers to 3N. Coming back to the French Terry, how are we going to be different? There are two or three companies who are introducing French Terry right now. Mm -hmm. And again, how are we different? We're introducing three-end French Terry that uh -huh. nobody else is doing. And it's amazing. It's practically even, you know, I I usually don't don't just, you know, oogle over my own product. <laughs> yeah. But for me, the best thing that we have done is the three-end fleece. And the French Terry is, is, is really beautiful because we did it in three-end. And soft, it has a very nice fall to it. And it's lightweight is going to be about um, around just a bit, uh, just a bit shy of seven ounce. And um, there's the 24 singles long sleeve. And one of the greatest things that we did this year was our vintage line. Um, yeah, the vintage line is cool. Is that all being done in the dye process? It's like the same hoodie and then it's dyed differently or? Well, no. It Again, we, for two years, we ran a, a, mineral, a mineral washed black and a mineral washed denim mm -hmm. on a regular t-shirt and it did really really well and I, I cannot remember a single time in the past two years that we hadn't we haven't been sold out no matter what amount of t-shirts we would bring in we would sell out and then earlier this year I said you know we're these two colors have run at scores we need to do something more um, so we introduced three more colors in the vintage line, um, a vintage mustard, a vintage brick, a vintage olive, um, and we stuck with the last two colors, the denim and the black. Yeah. And then we introduced a fleece hoodie, a raglan hoodie in it, and we introduced a scallop bottom t-shirt in it, and we obviously stuck to the t-shirt. And the fleece is different, it's not 3N, it's 100% cotton. So when it's just 100% cotton, there cannot be 2N or 3N. There's no concept of 3N. 2N yeah. is just 100% cotton. Why we did 100% cotton is we learned a lesson from what other people were doing and then we eventually learned it ourselves was when you make it a chief value cotton or a CVC like an 80-20 or a 60-40 and then it goes through five different processes and a rigorous washing the cotton at the top is sort of Flimses down and the polyester from the bottom starts coming up. Mm -hmm. It starts feeling like a heather hoodie and it does not print as well. 
because there's polyester at the top. So then we changed the entire line to 100% cotton. And to answer your question of the process that it goes through, we make we make a blank um, a PFD, a prepared for dyeing um, hoodie in 100% cotton fleece. Then um, then it goes through dyeing. Then it goes through pH level testing. Then it goes through mineral washing, and we achieve that shape. Um, is it hard to keep it consistent? Is that sounds like a harder actually, dyeing the, process than the normal? Beauty, the beauty of the whole vintage line is that it's not consistent. So it kind of hides the the point is that it's old, so it's okay. Yes. But what happens? Have you had like a college with that? Like I could see if you sold that to USC, they could be very concerned about it changing we, shades. Well, we put a disclaimer tag on it uh -huh. that it washes away some of it. It makes it more more vintage. You know, if you go to some retail store, sometimes you buy denim, you buy shirts, and you ha you see that disclaimer tag on it mm -hmm. that says you know it ages with washing. Yeah. So basically, that's just a fancy way of saying it. Yeah. When you do a garment dyed product, or garment dyed and then garment wash product, and to achieve that particular shade, and I am very finicky with it. If I want a particular shade, we will not introduce it until we reach that particular shade. So you wash it, but then you top it off a little more with red. We had this, oh, okay. we had this issue with brick. So if you wash our brick with a white t-shirt, the white t-shirt would become something. Yeah. And which is why so you kind of uh, double dyed it yes because you washed it then we topped it off with dye again but that dye <laughs> stupid plug and that dye was not baked okay so when you when you dye a shirt or anything it goes through it goes through a process where it's where it's dyed just like you guys do in printing mm -hmm. it goes through your dryer where it's heat where there's heat it sort of bakes into the shirt same way the same thing happens with dyeing but when you're mineral washing it and you're topping it off with the color, you cannot put it again in a baking process. So, you know, with washing, a little color comes off. But that's not the only thing. No two t-shirts, no two, no two pieces of garment or apparel would be the same. That's just the beauty of it. And no other company right now that I know of is doing mineral washing like we are doing. For them, vintage is completely different. It's a heathery look or, you know, mm -hmm. they, they call it what they wanted. But you know, we call it vintage because we just thought vintage was a nice, we had a nice connotation to it. Yeah. But the mineral washing is, is very unique when it comes to our products. Yeah. Those products are great. I mean, I, I, would, I would imagine that bands would love it. It's perfect for bands or even just kind of old school, like motorcycle companies, stuff like that. Seems like it'd be a great fit for them. Where we are seeing the most is, you'll see social media artists use a lot of our products. Mm -hmm. um, then, then there are some music merchandise companies, like you said, bands. They use a lot of it. I believe um, our sales is working with us two or three different schools right now. Because, like you said, you know, USC, you know, that brick mm -hmm. is, is very it's much really similar. close to them. Yes. Yeah. Um, we almost had a chance with Coke, Coca-Cola. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes, but they were pretty adamant on Coca -Cola the tone of their red. They, they could not change it. They loved it, but they could not change it. They weren't big enough to just uh, make it for them? No. no. Mm. Even Coke's not big enough for you. 
Well, um, and see these these things, um, the three end piece, the long sleeve t-shirts, the vintage, all all of these are new. Well, on the vintage new colors and a new product, which is the fleece. Uh -huh. And we just have not been able to keep enough in inventory. So you're just selling out over selling, and over? Well, we are selling out. The long sleeves is good because we had a lot of shipments come in. But the three end hoodie is crazy. It's yeah. just we did not expect. And at one point, and we sat down and like, how much can we order? <laughs> but this is the first time. There's only so much that you can project. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it the limitation of the manufacturing in Pakistan? They're just, they no, can't do no, more? No, there's no limitation at all. I can bring in a hundred shipments if I want to, because, but, but you need for us, it for was it. new. It was a new product. So mm -hmm. we had to, you know, play it safe. Play it safe. And even then, we sort of went really big, mm -hmm. especially with black. For the past three weeks, we're sitting without any smalls and mediums. And That's great, though. So are you going to have new stuff in for the holiday rush, since a lot of people are putting in Christmas orders? We are, we have now had to air in stuff. Oh, you have air shipments now. We have air shipments on fleece. You cannot imagine how... Expensive that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's expensive, but but what are you going to do? You know, you, you have to yeah. cater, to, cater to that. And, and then these customers, they say, hey, you know what? You ran out of these, but I cannot use somebody else now. Right, because customers will see the difference. Well, that plus they've they've just grown so much in love with how the three end hoodie prints that they just don't want anything else to be out there. Mm -hmm. um, one of one of one of the bigger companies that earlier on I told you about, um, you know, the online reseller, the retailer. The secret. The the secret <laughs> um, is you know they they. One of their conditions is you cannot run out of these at all in any SKU that we're using. So you're stocking it insanely deep. Yes, yes. So our stock right before ISS show in January is going to be insanely deep. Are you talking, what does that even mean? Like a quarter of a million units or something? Or well, here's the thing. Um, 2015, I, I, I'm so much in love with these that I actually remember every single number. <laughs> 2014, when we started, we brought in 6,000 hoodies in three colors. That's how Lane 7 started. Mm -hmm. And we bought t-shirts, we bought those ragged t-shirts from a local reseller and we resold somebody else's brand you know, on t-shirts. So 6,000 hoodies, the very first time, we sold probably eight or 9,000 hoodies that year. For um, the whole year? I'm sorry? That was the whole year? That was, well, that was um, July 2014 to December 2014. I don't know if we were buying your hoodies yet. No, you started you started late 2015. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to fleece, I remember all numbers. Um, 2015, I believe we sold close to 17 or 18,000 hoodies. 2016, we sold 43,000 hoodies. This year, we sold about just shy of 400,000 hoodies. 400,000? Yes. So you went from 40 something thousand to 400,000. 400, you 10x'd in one year. Yes. So what's the plan for next year? Are you going to are you planning on doubling it again or Um well, basically this year um, this year we got lucky because about some some big customers switched to us and then 
then they had us ship directly to them. So we had a lot of shipments for them. Um, without label, of course, but still, it was our product. Mm-hmm. But they all went directly to 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 the customer's warehouse. Yeah, they didn't even come to us. Next year, we have we have a projection of anywhere between um, six hundred to eight hundred thousand hoodies. That's that's what we project to sell next year. How many we will end up bringing in, I don't know because we are, we are working with a lot of different companies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's massive growth. It's it's massive. It's a good problem to have. Isn't your team stateside still pretty small? It's How, very small. Are you, don't you have like twenty people in at, at your warehouse or something? Or yes. Less than twenty. Yes. You have that many units going out, and there's um a lot of that. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of that was directly. You know, it came onto the port, got shipped directly to the customers. So yeah. we never even touched it. So you don't even need to handle no. anything. No. And then, for the past four weeks, uh, for for the past four months, uh, the fulfillment center has helped us a lot. Um, so so we haven't needed to grow. Um, a huge chunk of that, close to four hundred thousand units this year, was like I said, direct to customers. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had customers in the Midwest. We had customers in South Carolina. We had customers in Miami and New Jersey. Um, we had customers in Colorado. So that's that's a huge chunk of that four hundred thousand. Yeah. And I believe from our in stock, it's close to one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy-five thousand. Just stocked in the huge. warehouse right now. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, most of that has been in the past four or five months. That's and amazing. Most of that has been from the fulfillment center. So um, we are growing exponentially fast, and we obviously have those growing pains. Um, we are hiring really fast. Um, haven't been too lucky with that, <laughs> but yeah, hiring is always fun. It's 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 another experience. It's another yeah. ball game altogether. Yeah, it's hiring rough. people. Well, that's awesome. Before uh, we wrap it up, why don't you tell people how they can get your product and how they can contact you? Well, um, one of the things that I mentioned earlier on was, you know, I did not travel because we were doing a lot of things at Lean 7. We, um, I believe in May, uh, mid-May, we switched on to a completely different ERP system, which has an online ordering system. Um, basically, it's the Lamborghini of ERP systems in the apparel industry. So customers can go to lane7.com and do everything Automated? Absol- absolutely. You just go to lane7apparel.com. It takes you five to ten minutes to fill out the form. You send it to us. You hear back from us the same day that your account has been approved. You log in, you order it. It's very, very streamlined, very, very fast, very quick and easy. And if there's anything, you know, they can always call us, they can email us. Um, we're very, very good with responding. Um, it's 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 really streamlined this year, which awesome. is one of the reasons that our sales increased this year. Yeah. As soon as we went online, bam. It's just know. easier to buy. Yeah, I mean we have we have customers order. It get it gets picked, it gets shipped out, and we don't even know about it. That's how streamlined it is. Yeah. You know, if somebody wants two pieces, or somebody wants twenty thousand pieces, it's just a very very straightforward and streamlined process. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming by and talking about fleece with me. Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem.
All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.